When I was on vacation a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago with with some friends and and their young children, a couple of times I did some baking with the kids, and you know the thing whoever helped helped me with the baking got to lick the batter from the spoon and the the bowl and that you know that beater thingamajiggy what is that called a beater that thing i don't even know what it's called it's like uh the but it was it was a lot of fun doing that and it brought me back to all those memories of me as a kid helping my mother do her baking how much i love doing that because I got to lick the spoon. I got to stick my whole head in the bowl. And, and we didn't, you know, back, the, you didn't worry about raw eggs or E. coli or anything like that. But there was no E. coli back then. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, I remember ta- reminiscing and talking about that one time with, with, with another person. And they said that, you know, in their house too, whoever helped, got to lick the spoon and the bowl. Unless, unless the cake was being made to celebrate someone in particular. So, you know, if it was a birthday or a graduation or whatever, only the person celebrating got to lick the spoon, the beaters, the bowl. It, it was like a big extra treat for them. And no amount of pleading, pouting, you know, puppy dog eyes or, or whatever was going to get anyone else that spoon. So does this mean that on birthdays, that mom only loved the child having the birthday? Or that she loved that child more than her other children? Because they're the ones who got to lick the spoon. Of course not. Just because she said no to the other children doesn't mean that they weren't loved or that their mother wanted to make others feel slighted or or ignored. At the end of the day, they were all going to get a piece of that birthday cake, which was the actual point of the baking. It just meant that in that house, there was a tradition, there was an order to things, and there was a plan and they stuck to it. I believe that idea can help us understand today's gospel passage a little bit better. Jesus came to bring salvation to all. He came to bring it to you, to me, to the Canaanite woman and her daughter, because he loves you and me just as much as he loves Peter and John and Mary Magdalene and any of the other lost sheep of the house of Israel. But Jesus first and foremost came to do the Father's will and God the Father has a plan for salvation. That plan had been unfolding for centuries as he prepared the way for people to accept that his son would come not in glory and triumph, but in humility and love. And then he would redeem us through the sacrifice on the cross. He needed, God needed to prepare the way through the prophets and the works he did among the Jewish people. He was laying the foundation for the kingdom that he was building and is still building today. Jesus himself tells another Gentile, a Samaritan woman by the well in in John's gospel, 
that salvation is from the Jews. Now, he's not saying that it's for the Jewish people only, but while it comes from them, it is for everyone. So to get back to today's gospel, it's a little like that mom saying no to her other children. Everyone's going to get a piece of the cake. Just not everyone gets to lick the spoon, at least not that day. Although Jesus is a little bit more of a soft touch than, than some moms are, because, you know, he eventually gives in to the pleading of the Canaanite woman. The point is, God has a plan. He prepares the way for his son to come among the Jewish people, and as a Jewish person himself. But as we see in that, in that first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, who lived 700 years before Jesus, God's plan ultimately leads to everyone being able to come into the Lord's house, to get a, a piece of the cake, so to speak. The Lord says, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. God wants all peoples on his holy mountain. He wants all peoples worshiping in his house of prayer. That's why he sent his son Jesus. But it had to start somewhere. And it starts with the chosen people, the Jewish people. Through them, everyone else is offered salvation, won for us by Jesus Christ. That was and is God's plan. And for us here today, we, the amazing thing is that God wants us to participate in that ongoing plan for salvation. We get to help make it so that all peoples are welcomed into his house of prayer. That all peoples are get a piece of the cake. You know, right now we're gearing up for another Alpha this fall. If you're new here and you aren't aware of it, Alpha is a program that we run that helps people make sense of life's big questions. Why am I here? Is there more to life than this? Do I, do I have a greater purpose? And when we started Alpha seven years ago, we deliberately asked people who are already in the pews to do Alpha before we asked them to invite others to invite people who don't go to church before we started aiming it at others who are not here in our church, in our house of prayer. We believe Alpha is for everyone. And like God, we want all people to join in discovering how much, how much the Father loves them and wants them to be with him on this holy mountain. And we believe for just about all people, Alpha can help them discover that. But we strategically decided to focus initially on those who are already in church. For one thing, I believe everyone can grow in their faith and discover how much God loves them, and Alpha helps in that. But we also wanted you to know what the program was about and to experience it for yourself so that you would, you would know what it is that, to, that, and something that you would want to share 
with the people you care about, especially those who do not yet believe, do not yet have faith, who do not yet know how lovable they are in God's eyes. We want you to invite others. We want you to invite the unchurched because that's actually what, who Alpha is aimed at. So in, our sense, so in a sense, maybe, maybe our plan for Alpha was a little bit like how God first revealed his son to the Jewish people, the people closest to him, and then sent them in turn to bring the good news to the Gentiles and to all the people. But right now, as we gear up for another Alpha session in September, I want to know where we are with this plan. Is it time to pivot our strategy? Is it time to change things up completely? One of the things we want to know is how many people in the pews have done Alpha? So right now I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to do a bit of an informal survey here and ask for a show of hands. So we have a few people who are like placed in different parts of the church who are going to count. And I want you to, uh, and I'd like by a show of hands to know how many of you here have completed the Alpha course as a guest. And, and don't worry, no one's going to single you out if you've if you haven't done Alpha, or if you have done Alpha, we're not singling you out either. It, it, it's just about trying to find out what the numbers are. So if you've completed Alpha as a guest, I ask you to keep your hand up while a few people are counting. And I'm gonna ask Suki to give me a sign when she's done, when we're done with that, so we can, uh, we can move. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Now I'm gonna ask a second question. Again, with a show of hands, I'd like to know how many of you personally invited someone to go to Alpha? So again, with a show of hands, doesn't matter if, they, if you invited someone and they said no, doesn't matter if they, they said yes and then never showed up, that they ghosted you after that, that's okay. I just wanna know if, they, if you invited somebody to go to Alpha. Okay, thank you. And one last quick one. Out of those who invited someone to try Alpha, how many have invited someone who did not already go to church, or at least, at the very least, you didn't know whether they went to church or not? So, and again, with a show of hands, if you invited somebody who doesn't go to church or you didn't know if they went to, maybe, you know, maybe it was your hairdresser and you're not sure if she goes to church, or it's your sister and you definitely know she doesn't go to church, doesn't matter, a colleague at work, whatever. If you invited someone who you didn't know if they went to church or not, raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. We're gonna get to the, uh, we'll let you know the overall percentages after we add up all the masses uh, together. You know, I read the whole chapter from Isaiah, where that first reading comes from, where he wants, he wants all peoples on his holy mountain, he wants all peoples in his house of prayer. And it, and it was, it's really compelling to read that, that, 
what's in God's heart at that moment? You know, what's in God's heart 700 years before Jesus Christ even comes? And and so I want to read to you another passage from that same chapter, because it speaks to God's immense desire that everyone gets invited, that no one is refused a piece of cake, so to speak. Do not let the foreigner joined to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I'm just a dry tree. God doesn't want, doesn't want people to feel excluded, that they're not invited. He doesn't want anyone to feel that as if it isn't for them that the holy mountain isn't for them, that the joy of being in the house of prayer isn't for them. They feel that that no no one should feel that they don't deserve a piece of the cake. And the Lord ends this particular passage by saying, thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. God wants to gather all peoples on his holy mountain, in his house of prayer, and we get to help him do that. I am sure that there are people in your life, that there are children, maybe even grandchildren, that there are spouses, that there are friends, people you care about deeply. People who you know would benefit so, so much from knowing that God is real, that Jesus is real, and that he loves them, that he came to save them. Imagine if everyone you cared about was right here beside you today. Well, as much as you desire that, God wants it all the more. As we see in Isaiah, he's been dreaming about it for thousands of generations. And we get to help God fulfill that dream, which is even bigger than any of our dreams. Alpha helps us to do just that. 